You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. Well, well, well. Every time we start, you know, I always see your big fingers just on the screen. (laughs) (laughs) You're just hitting all the buttons to record and shit. You know why? Because I, I lay the phone on this table. And it's usually the place where I'm writing. I just I don't even bother to pick it up. I just like fumble around. And you know, okay, wait a minute. Speaking of things that I hate, okay, on on Zoom, where you want to um, invite people to your meeting, it's a tiny little button on one little page at the way bottom left of the screen. Like, why wouldn't they make that bigger? <laughs> It is the weirdest thing. Because it's called Zoom. So you got to zoom in. It's called Zoom. Yes. It is the weird, like, it's like they did all this development for Zoom and thought, oh, at the last minute, I'll put a little tiny button on the third page on the bottom left. Like, what the hell, Zoom? (laughs) Speaking of things I hate, you know, we've talked about me going to the gym, you know, every day. And a big thing I hate is that the parking lot's pretty big. Now, during the morning, it's pretty empty, but at night it's a shit show. So in the morning you get there and there's nothing worse than you waiting, you know, you pulling into a spot and someone pulling in the spot right fucking next to you. Like there are 13,000 other spots. Oh my God. Wide open. Now I have to like hurry up and get out of my car so that you can get out of your car. Like I hate that. <laughs> right. It's like, it's breaking the social contract. Yes. 1000%. Like, dude, you could have parked one over. Like you didn't even have to go down another aisle. You could have just parked one over, but no, you're right on my fucking ass. Like you deserve to get your car dinged by a door. <laughs> speaking like, of dinged, have, speaking yeah. of dinged, there was a uh, racist in Oakland. I, I don't know if it happened today or maybe this past weekend who was driving and calling some women the N-word, right? And Uh on the freeway. And, uh, you know, he kept saying it. It looked like he has a stethoscope stethoscope and and scrubs in his his back seat. But the point of this whole story is that he lost a little bit of control of his car and then ran into the wall. Oh. Yeah. Well, I want to be a, I want to be a good, I want to be a good, a decent human. Was he hurt? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, man, you know, you always say karma will get them. You don't get to witness the karma sometimes, and that was just ideal. Like, so yeah, just it will tie in the whole car parking to, uh, yeah, this guy immediately kind of loses control, hits the sidewall on the freeway. That's, um, that's perfect. Hey, okay. I got one. Speaking of breaking the social contract. Yes. So, you know, I've been having my roof um, uh, replaced. Yes. And unlike Florida, we have construction workers here. Most of, yeah. Exactly. And money there. to work. Yeah. They get money to work. And most of them are part of the Latino community. And they're just doing their shit. Unlike Florida. Right. Yep. So, so on Saturday, 
the guys were here and I've been thinking about replacing a couple of sofas. So I go outside and go, hey, um, I got a couple of free sofas in here that if you want them, you can have them. Like no charge, just take the sofas off my hands. And they're pretty good sofas. I've had them for a while, but I didn't use them for years. And so they're, they're leather sofas. And they're, they're identical and they came from Ikea, right? So they're not like the most expensive things in the world, but they're very, you know, they're useful. So the guy goes, yeah, I'll, I'll take them. So then I go, hey, I'm leaving for the day. So you can just get a Monday or Tuesday. So there's two guys and a guy goes, oh, no, you know what? I just I have a truck on the way here. So can we take them outside? I go, okay, great. So me and the three guys, we take the sofas outside and we put them on my front lawn. The two sofas and like a bench, an extra bench that I, I saw. I thought, oh, I'll just throw this in. Like, you know, you just throw in some extra candy at, at a Halloween. So they're on my street, right? On, on my, in my front yard. So I go to this event, uh, a family event um, in um, outside the Bay Area. It was a two-year-old birthday party. And that's a whole nother issue. Why yeah, are two-year-olds having ridiculous. a birthday party for you know, 80 people? But that's a whole nother issue. So I come home and it's probably, it's Saturday, maybe about 8, 8.30 p.m. And the two, be- the two sofas and the bench are still on my front line. Hmm. And the workers are gone. Oh. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe they're the people who are going to pick them up are just running late. Yeah. Right. So I wake up Sunday morning and they're still there. Oh. So now I'm the neighbor with furniture in the front yard. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and so, and so I'm thinking, okay, they're going to come, you know, Sunday morning. They don't come. Sunday afternoon, like one, they're still not there. So you know what I do? I close my curtains. <laughs> that covers up the problem. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to think about it. I, I close my blinds. I close my curtains. And I go, I am not, I'm not engaged with the world because I have furniture on my front yard. It's still there. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> all day Sunday. And, you know, I have this, my neighborhood is a real walking type of neighborhood. <laughs> I, you know, I'm peeking out the curtain. I just see people walking by like, oh my God, that furniture is there. And, and because they're doing work on my roof, they're using my driveway as a staging ground. So there's really nowhere I can put this furniture. Like there's nowhere. And I go, well, I just got to, I have to run some errands and stuff. So I just sort of sneak in and sneak back. <laughs> so then so then Monday comes around, right? So they never come Sunday. So then Monday comes around, and I'm thinking, oh, they'll be they'll be there Monday morning. And they're usually here by like seven. So it gets to 9 a.m. Uh-oh. And they're not here. So I text the roofer guy and I'm like, hey, I'm just checking, you know, see when the guys are starting today. And he goes, Oh, I forgot to tell you, we're waiting on some more material. They won't be there till tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, your couch is black and it's 95 degrees. So it's actually melting. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had opened my curtains. I go around and close everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is so funny. I'm thinking my neighbors must think all hell is broken loose. Like, it's a child to get them. My stuff is just sitting on the lawn. So... The, res- the, the end of the story was they finally picked the stuff up 
on Tuesday. And the guy apologized. He said, yeah, my guy couldn't make it. And then I went out of town for Sunday and Monday. I'm really sorry to sit in your in your yard for a couple, for three days. <laughs> you know that dog that's not on the leash? He probably peed on it. <laughs> you know what? I know. And then, and then to get the to get the sofas out the door, we had to take these little stubby wooden legs off. So they're just sitting on the sofas. <laughs> Okay, and wait a minute. I, I, was hoping, I was hoping someone's going to just come by and steal them. Like, just please take them. <laughs> wait a minute. When you say we, I mean, let's just draw a very visual picture of when you say we took the, the knobs off and we moved the couch. You're just talking about the movers, right? Not, not you. I'm going to say this is my business and my lane. <laughs> Your your business is over there. <laughs> you are like you're. You know, I just wanted to be very clear that we is very subjective uh, in this storytelling. My God, I think that in a court of law, that my <laughs> opening the door and pointing would allow me to use the word we. <laughs> you're like, watch that step. Okay, we move that good. <laughs> God, you know, I was uh, at work this week. I was dealing with uh, when you when you're new in an organization and people have worked for the company well, they always have a person or people that they reach out to or are used to reaching out to. So kind of skip past the new leadership and you go to where you're comfortable, which I get, you know, first couple of months, okay, sure. they're not going to know, like they're, they don't come to me maybe because I won't know. And it's going to waste some time. And I get that. And you know, that's fair. fair. Right. So yeah. I, I get a call uh, from the CEO or CFO and he's like, you know, so-and-so called me today to tell me that so-and-so called them. And you know, the support team's really overwhelmed, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, Okay, well, this is bullshit because I've had a conversation with this person already in the past. So I, I I get her on the phone and I say, listen, I said, you know, there's one bucket over here. And this bucket is you're really good at your job. You're passionate. You care about the customer, which Ooh. is really great. You care about your peers. Um, you are committed to this organization because you've been here for a long time. You come to work through. I mean, she's a really solid, really good employee. And then I said, there's this other bucket over here and it's called mind your fucking business. <laughs> so I said, listen, I need you to put that bucket on your desk to remind yourself that not everything is your business, right? <laughs> that is great. That's great life advice and that's great work advice. <laughs> Keep the bucket that so that shows that you're a really solid employee that I value you. That'll be my bucket. Your bucket will be called mind your fucking business. So <laughs> when, when I asked you if we in this situation was, <laughs> you're like, hey, that bucket of mind your fucking business. Exactly. You all up in my bucket, like in my bucket. Get out of my bucket. Oh my god. Oh, so we talked the past couple of weeks about you know your wedding and uh, it's coming up. So I we I I sent you a couple dresses, which I should have never done. You know, I reached out to your fiance and she's like, what the fuck? Myra doesn't know anything about dresses. 
And I said, look, you know, look, I'm this woman of honor. If you ask me for my opinion, I'm going to give you my opinion. <laughs> woman of honor, you know, make them feel loved and needed and supported. And she's like, don't do that. So um, we were talking about, because she's, she's one of these brides. Now, traditionally, most brides, and and I would have to say, this is probably for the cock the Caucasity people, the uh, white women that always want to have everybody in the same dress, same color, everybody looks the same. And Ileana is Puerto Rican, which is really great. She just says, get a dress that's in any shade of pink. So from light pink to magenta and any style, whatever you feel is good, whatever works for you, you get. So I love that. I love that mentality. That's nice. You know, you were talking to me about I'd like to get a little bit of details on, you know, what you're doing for catering. Cause the wedding is going to be in New York, but a party's going to be here in October. Is that right? Yes. So there would be, um, so actually there's three events. So oh, one, you're not in the, well, I know, right. Her <laughs> girlfriends threw her an engagement party already. So they've okay. done that. And that was, that's, in, the, that that's was, one of the parties. That's one of the, that's one of the three. So oh, that was, that's fine. Yep, I wasn't involved. They had it was it was really pretty. Her best friend threw it for her in her home in New York. So then, party number two is I'm going to host, or we will host a party here at my house in October uh, for my friends and family here who um, will not go to New York where the wedding's going to be. Which I I'm fine with that. Like I'm not inviting everybody to New York, but we're going to have a little celebration here. It'd be catered, have some music, and uh, aliens, uh, parents, sisters, best friends will be here as well. So my family get to meet, the families get to meet one another. So that's October 21st, I think, 22nd or something like that. And then the actual wedding is in New York City, New York City proper, um, and that's in March. And that will be a a, a brief ceremony that my brother's going to do. And then we're gonna have dinner and or you know food and drinks and dancing, and then that's it. Wow, that's so nice. So it's gonna yeah, and, and we, is it and you had a date? You have, you said in March. You said yeah, March twenty fourth. Yeah, I think it's March. Uh, I think it's on a Saturday, March. I want to say March twenty third. Okay, nice. Yeah, and we have. Um, I was working. Well, we were working on this all week. We have found a venue, and. Um, she is visiting, Elian and her aunt are visiting the venue people Monday uh, to secure it, just to walk around and see and everything. And uh, I've already worked it out with them that they have the dates available, but they just, you got to go, you know, meet the people and see the space and everything. And it is really awesome. Wow. Like it's, it's a historical location in New York, historical building. Been there since, like, you know, New York is old. So it's like the 1820s or something crazy like that. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, but yeah, that's going to be there. So I'm not going to say where it is right now because um, we will finalize it on Monday. And besides, you know, I've seen the paparazzi go after Harry. And, okay. And Megan, and, you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't need that kind of strap in my life. <laughs> So that you're moving along pretty quickly on all of that. Yeah. And it's funny because it's because it in my mind it's going slow. Because you know, once I make a decision, I like just things to happen. 
And so, um, like, even pushing it out to March, I was like, well, you've been wanting to get married your whole whole life. Why would you wait and push it out another year on purpose? Like, we could just right. do this right now. But then, you know, she made a good point that she had never been married. Her family and friends in New York really want to celebrate this with her and they need time to get things together because she has family here in Florida and Puerto Rico. And so she wants to you know make sure this happens. And so I'm not really a big wedding kind of guy. So it's going to be small, but because she's moving to California and she's never been married and her, you know, she's really excited about it, then that made me excited. And so I said, okay, let's do this so that you are happy and your family and friends get exactly what they've been wanting to get for you. And they are like stoked about this whole thing. So yeah, but it's, but yeah, it's going to be small because it's just her, her mother, her best friend and her sister and me, you, my daughter. And really that's about it, you know, for a party. So, and then the, yeah, the women are being, you know, some versions of pink, you know, and she likes all pink. It doesn't really matter. And any style you want, you don't have to wear a, bridesmaid's dress it could be a pencil it doesn't even matter she just wants the color scheme um so yeah that's gonna be a lot of fun in that regard she's very low low maintenance yeah that's really good so she's not a bridezilla no no i don't know if i could ever do that again i don't know if i mean i know this is her first wedding you've done it you you told everybody on the last podcast this will be your third i don't think i could ever i i don't Listen, my last marriage ended with uh, with me paying alimony. So I'm a bitter, I have a bitter taste in my mouth for marriage. Uh, right. And, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily a thing for me anyways. Like, I mean, I, I think there, I think you can definitely be in a committed long-term relationship. I just don't know if it needs to have the, the, the stamp of, of the government on it, you know? So, and I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it again. I totally, excuse me, I totally get that. And excuse me, that whole idea, you know, about how the government has to sanction, yeah. you know, your, um, your uh, a union, it's really weird. Like, it's really weird because really it's none of their business, no. right? But um, it's all based on, you know, that... Um, it's based on, you know, like our laws are based on the idea that uh, Christianity governs what we do. And um, our laws are based on that. And mar- marriage is another one of them. Like, it's a really weird thing. So, well, wasn't it? I mean, if you think about now, I'd have to go back to the history books, but you, I, marriage originally wasn't intended for like love or like a partnership. It was really just to have a, uh, like an alliance between families for yes. for money for long term for their children to carry on. So it was like just mixing families together to create wealth. Yeah, yeah, mixing families together to create wealth to create um, uh, strength in communities. Um, and then for some reason, humans I don't know how they figured it out. Probably due trial and error, but humans have always figured out that you need. They didn't call it genetic diversity, but that's what it was. You need genetic diversity. And so in order to do that, you had to, you know, meet with people who are not of your community. And you had, that's all it was. It was a transaction for safety, for security, um, to prevent uh, 
tribes of people from killing each other, <laughs> you know, then that turned into, you know, it turned into all that crap you see with royalty, right? Yeah. Just keeping people in power and all that kind of crazy stuff. And then it really turned into really um, what we now call toxic mas masculinity, right? I marry off my daughter. Yes. Right? Because she is worth something to me and I get a bounty from that other family. Like just some messed up, some messed up stuff. That's why we still have some of those words in, in our in, in, in the, the American traditional vows of, I promise to obey. Yeah. Like, like, right, like that kind of stuff. And you know what? I mean, we could go on a whole thing about marriage, but it wasn't always for love. Like that's a fairly modern, recently modern um, take on the whole thing. But as a side note, there's 26 states where it's legal to marry um, a girl as young as 12 to 14 years old. I mean, are you kidding me? Right. And and that has nothing to do with any of that shit. No love, no, no anything. That is just putting it into law that you can abuse an underage person. You can right? be a pedophile. Yeah. That's all it is. Because you know why? And it's all toxic masculinity because there's no law that says it's okay for a grown ass woman to marry a, a boy. No, because she go to jail. Exactly. But 26 states says a grown ass man can marry a girl as young as 12 years old. It's, in, I mean, that's a sickness, huh? That's a sickness. I, if you think about just every, <laughs> every possibility of when we think grand scheme, we're talking about weddings here, essentially. But if you think about the money that goes into it, it is a multi billion dollar a year industry. It's very similar oh. to like, you know, if you think about the diet industry, if you think about uh, pharmaceutical, skincare, you know, my sister and I were talking about, but weddings are like, yeah, it's billions. Like we're almost a hundred billion dollars. I would say it's around 60 billion, maybe $70 yeah. billion. Dollars. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yes. Oh, you it's, did? A 70, okay. it's a $70 billion business in this country alone. Wedding. And, and yeah. the average wedding can cost anywhere from 50000 to like $100,000. Like, that is insane to me. And so, you know, we, we think about all these, play, we always used to say in our business as leaders, you know, you follow the money. I, and I know a lot of people say that outside of like in politics too, like follow the money to the guns leads back to the NRA, to the politicians who are collecting millions of dollars every year supporting it. You know, right. and you think about um, uh, you, you think about like vitamins. So my sister and I were having a conversation because vitamins, it, anything in skincare vitamins, you can make any claims because they're not like FDA regulated. So right, for right. example, I put on vitamin C every morning. I try to keep my skin nice. The best time to use it is in the morning, but mm -hmm. mo all companies, unless it's medical grade can say that this is 20% vitamin C or this is 15% vitamin C. It's the best vitamin C. Mm -hmm. And they can say they did test and all that, but it is not regulated. So they can say whatever they want on that. The same with vitamins. So such a, such awesome. a weird dynamic when you think about um, following the money and people just put, looking at society thinking going back to weddings when you think about all that money that's spent for one day for one day for one, one day, day. <laughs> along with the the fake um maybe it's the fake's not the right word maybe it's the 
the overhyped expectation that it's the best day of your life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, 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 you know, and like, that's why they got the whole, those whole bridezilla things, which is so unfair because there's like groupzillas too, but it's like, all you're doing is having a party. It's like, I told you, like, who do you want to buy dinner and drinks for? Yeah, exactly. And, right. I don't want to buy dinner and drinks for everybody. I know. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I just, I just think, you know, it seems a little scattered what I'm saying in relation to like skincare or vitamins and weddings is that we spend billions of dollars on these things every year, right? Billions. So from skincare to vitamins to weddings, and we still have children starving in the United States of America. It's crazy. Huh? It's like, crazy how, I mean, I mean, we have the largest economy in the world like in the trillions, like, and it's still, I, I don't know the exact, but it's like three to four times as large as China, like the next largest or something like that. And we have um, like industries like that, like you're talking about, whether it's vitamins or makeup or um, professional sports and stuff where everything is multiple, multiple billions of dollars. And so America has enough money to do whatever it wants. Yep. But just like just like home, just like adults, your priorities are where you spend your money. Right. And so the biggest the biggest chunk of money that America has goes to our military. Military, 100 percent. The biggest chunk. And, you know, and I'm not saying that to disparage the military, military spending. Right. Because we as as citizens of this country, you know, we have this military and. There are, it is an undisputed fact that there are nations or people around the world that would like nothing more to, than to harm this particular nation. Yes. Right. And now, now that's a whole other discussion. Of, we saw it on 9-11, right? We saw, yes. I think America got a wake up call that day. Yes. That, that like, um, um, it may not be as pronounced as with say the British empire. The British empire has gone to war with 200 nations around the world, oh. right? And it's in its history. Now the U.S. isn't that bad, right? But I can, I have a running list of just in my lifetime, the nations that our government has told me to hate. So Soviet Union, Russia, China, Vietnam, North Korea, Grenada, uh, South Africa, Ireland, um, Peru, Argentina, Mexico, um, uh, El Salvador, Guatemala, and you can just go down the list that we've been told, you know, the whole, the whole um, Soviet bloc, all those nations, yep. uh, East Germany in my lifetime. I mean, these are all Iran, Iraq, Syria, Jordan, you know, you can just say, wait a minute, my nation has told me as a citizen at, at some time in my life, I should hate this other nation. Yep. Right. That, and, and you think about that, that, that is Look, to me, because I am, I'm really a pacifist. Like, I don't believe in violence. That is really crazy. <laughs> when you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I haven't met any of these people. Like, I have not. You know what? Look, when we are at war against Vietnam, right, in the, in, in the 60s and 70s. So France, France went to war in Vietnam. They got their asses kicked. And the U.S. stepped in. And we got our asses kicked. But when... Muhammad Ali was the world champion boxer in the 60s, and the U.S. drafted him. And he said, I'm not, go I'm not going because <laughs> his, his quote, 
ain't no yellow, ain't no V, ain't no Viet Cong, as they call them. Ain't no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. <laughs> wow. And let me tell you, so he was a boxer, right? And he said that. And and it was so shocking to um white America and the US government. The US government stripped Muhammad Ali of his boxing title and said, you can no longer fight. I don't think I, I knew that. He right. was a conscientious objector. So then, you know what Muhammad Ali did? Muhammad Ali then went on a speaking tour across the goddamn country and the world. And, and let, let me tell you, when, when he died, Muhammad Ali was um, known as the most pop, the most known person on the planet. Damn. Right, beloved, and even loved in this country. But in his his prime years, when he was, I think Muhammad Ali, when they drafted him, he was in his mid-20s or something like that, or, or early 20s to mid-20s. He was, at that time in the United States, he was more hated than Dr. Martin Luther King. Damn. All because he said, I'm not going to go to war and kill these people that I got, they never done nothing to me. They haven't touched me it, nothing. But, that is, it's radical, but it's it's a radical view of peace. Yeah. Why are you sending me to kill these people? I don't know these people, they don't know me. It, it's not even radical, it's a, like logical. Like you, it it's a, it's a very logical sense. It's, it makes right? total sense. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it's wild. And, and you know, and then you sit back and go, well, you know, Vietnam wasn't trying to attack this country. The United States was just against communism. And it was all just, that was all Cold War. There was wars raging around the country between the U.S. and Russia or the Soviet Union at that time. But they were just doing proxy wars, just making other nations fight. And the end result of that, of that was we created so many people that hate it, that hate America, right? That Because we were bombing people. We were, you know, all over the country, all over the world. You get these people that hate you, and then you try to turn the tide. Because then the U.S. would say, wait a minute, maybe we can win people over with diplomacy, with aid, you know, with helping people around the world. And so that's what, um, after the war ended, so then Jimmy Carter did that. Even Ronald Reagan did that to a degree. And then... The, uh, the first Bush, Clinton really expanded it. And you go through these presidencies, you look at how much aid does the United States provide to the rest of the world. And it's in the hundreds of billions. Like it's a lot of money. Um, but as a percentage of the money that we have, it's not that much. And, and not that much might, not, might be the wrong word. It's, it's a small percentage of the, world we, the money we have. And compared to other Western nations, the percentage that we provide in support for the other nations around the world is low. So you're saying part of our military, if I, now this is going to take, this is going to send me back to my, I don't even know, it falls under economics, probably. This is, so you're saying that the money that we spend on the military is a small percentage of our GDP? Like No, no. Okay. So the money, well, yes, that is, but however, the money, the money we spend on the military is the largest chunk of the U.S. Um, GDP. It's the largest, right? Nice. The large, it, it's, it's, it's massive. Now, separate from that, the money that we spend on um, 
on support for other nations. Like we give money to other nations who are who need help with infrastructure or who need help with food production or who need help with medicine, um, those kind of things. We provide support to, I, look, there's like 200 something nations in the world. We probably provide some type of financial support to probably 150 of them, Damn. like a lot. And, that, and that's money that's, um, now I'm just talking about that. I'm not even talking about military support. I'm just talking about U.S. dollars that go to help other countries um, clean drinking water, get rid of uh, pet, um, mosquitoes, build schools, build yeah, homes. Malaria, build. vaccines. Yes, yes, all that kind of stuff. And we, you know, and the U.S. Has, has been doing that, you know, for over 100 years. And, and it's a lot of money. Now, you know, there's two schools of thoughts with that. If it's money that's given and, so, and support that's given to help people, that's wonderful. And, and a lot of it is. Now, what happens is, you know, the, especially since Bush too, we start putting stipulations on that money. So the conservatives and the extremists start taking over and start saying, if we give you money, then you can't use that money to support uh, people who are dead. You can't use that money to support women having abortions. See, so we start putting ideological differences in that money or requirements in that money, or you can't, um, you know, you can't help this other nation. Like we start putting really restrictive measures on the money and it goes back and forth. You get a Democrat in there and tell you, you know what, we don't care. You know, we're going to give you this money to help you. And we're going to help you support women and girls. And we're going to help you, you know, um, do these things. We're not going to make you try to become Christians, right? So, so now what we have, it's a really interesting thing happening, happening in the, on the continent of Africa. So, so China started going into Africa 20 years ago saying, look, here's what we're going to do. We're, we, we want some of your minerals and oils and oil and things like that. But we're not going to make you like try to be an atheist or a Christian. We're going to build you some roads and not ask you for anything. We're going to build your infrastructure, give you some, um, some high-speed trains. We're going to do this at no cost to you. And then... Once that infrastructure is established, we're going to come back and we're going to try to get contracts with you to mine and all these kind of things like that. Because Af the, the continent of Africa is still the mineral center of this of this of this um, of, of humanity. So our computers, our laptops, all this stuff, we're getting this stuff from Africa, right? And China has said we will get your stuff and we will build stuff for you. And here's the big difference. We will not tell you how to run your governments. Damn. Right? So the U.S. will say, we will give you this money, but you can't do this. Now, sometimes it's a good thing, because sometimes those, you can have governments who are very abusive to their, to their populations, and they're dictators, and they're evil people. And the U.S. will say, we're not giving you anything until you get rid of that leader. China will say, we don't care about what the fuck you're doing. We're going to help you anyway. So now you have some African nations that are saying, United States and United Nations and Great Britain, they are trying to be our parents. But we had 150 years of colonization and shit. We don't want them to tell us what to do. China will just give us the money, help us do shit, and we can just mind our own business. I'm telling you, and that is a very compelling um, approach that China's making. And so if you think of it like, sir, in terms of how you sell, some people can sell 
hard as. These are what we're selling you. These are the prices. You can only use it like that. China, that's the U.S. approach. China is saying, we're going to sell you this at a discount. We don't care how you use it. We just want to be open. You be open to us coming back for business later on. And you know what? That's, that's a big deal. And so anytime you see in the news, China and the U.S. government arguing over shit, no matter what it seems like, that's what it's about. That's it. That's all it is. That, that is all it is. It's just about who can have the most influence around the world in other nations. And the big get right now is South America, Central South America and the continent of Africa. Those are the big gets. And the U.S. has, you know, we, you know, we got, you know, we got issues with brown and black people in this country. And those brown and black people are saying, you know what? F you, we're going to get this money from China. And that's, that's a big deal right now. A, a really big deal. So yeah. that was often a tangent, but yes, that's. No, that's, that's good. That's it. good. I, you know, I was just reflecting and thinking about the Muhammad Ali. I don't think I ever heard that story. I, I, I might've maybe, but to hear that so clear, like to say that and to not, and I, then the United States to take away its title. It's just, it, his title is, it's, it's so insane. Shocking. No, I mean, because look at the shit we do on a daily basis. But so we have we're spending almost a trillion dollars on military, and yet in the United States we have children that go hungry every day. I know, and it's it, it's it's awful, huh? I mean, it's just it, it's like remember, like I think it was in the two thousands, in the two thousands when there, in probably the late two thousand, like two tens or something like that, when there was finally enough pressure on restaurants to stop throwing out good food. God damn. Right? I mean, just, and you know, shoot, I remember in the, maybe 2012 or 15, I was I was driving, I think Lyft or Uber or something, and I picked up a young lady from Starbucks. Uh, and she said, um, okay, you wait a couple of minutes. And I was like, yeah, what are you waiting for? And it was a very nice conversation. She goes, well, you know, we can't, we have to throw out the food. And um, if we take it, we get in trouble. We can get yeah. fired. And I go, well, can you give it away? She goes, no, because they, they have a program that gives food away. But we still end up with food at the end of our shift. And we're supposed to bag it and throw it away. She said, so what we do is we bag it, but we don't put it in the, in the, in the dumpster. We put it on the side because we know there's some homeless people over there. And they know what time we put it out. And they come and take it from the dumpster or yeah. from the side of the building. But think about that that they have to, you know, they have to do something to break their company's rules in order to get people food. To, to feed people, to feed yes. humankind, to like feed our, our citizens. The ones yes. that, I, yes. I mean, it's, it's think about it makes the, no sense. It makes no sense. A trillion dollars, like to even put into perspective, I don't know, maybe it's less than a trillion dollars, but for the sake of this conversation, a trillion dollars in military spending. And yet, we have to fight for students to get school lunches. Ooh, like I, I don't get, I don't even have kids and I don't even have to, like, I don't, I don't, I can't comprehend the priorities. That's, that's it. It's like, I can't comprehend that it's not citizens first. Right. I, I don't get it either. And you know what? And I'm of the belief that kids and old people should get everything they want. Yeah. 
right? Get everything they want. Like we should not have hungry kids and we should not have um, senior citizens uh, in poverty. Like nope. you can you can take care of them. And how can anyone become angry that a child is getting a free meal? <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from in your brain. Like, how are you mad at that? In, in the richest nation on the planet. And you know what? And the people that vote for that or vote against, you know, those things are always railing about it. They get free lunch. <laughs> those politicians, they get a per diem, you know, call it what you want. It's, you know, it's free lunch. It's free lunch. They get free lunch, you know, $75, $80 a day or whatever it is, wherever you are. That, and, and, and then we'll turn around and say, no, kids shouldn't get that. Well, they have the opportunity to even make their lunch. So, okay, yes, you could go out to lunch, but you are at home where you have food in your refrigerator and you can make a lunch. And Or if you're lazy, you get this stipend of $75 a day. And yet a child has to like go hungry, like sitting. If I go hungry more than like four hours, I'm like, I'm crabby. Can you imagine going days? (laughs) Like thinking about- And you know, can you imagine, could you imagine- trying to teach a hungry child. I, I know. Look, I, I was there. Look, because there were there were point where, and, and mind you, we were really, really poor, right? And my mother was a, like most kids, I believe my mother was a great cook, right? She was a great cook. And I was telling my daughter this story the other day about there were there were a, more than a few times. This is a, this is a meat story. I'm going to just tell you in advance. Okay, but I, Thank Very you. brief. Um, that I saved the remnants of some pork chops, wrapped them in foil, and took them to school. That was my lunch. Wow, remnants? Yeah, so it was like the bone with a little bit of meat on the bone, some grizzle, and that was was my lunch. And I was telling her, you know, it was a big deal when we started getting free lunch in Oakland because it was pushed and sponsored by the Black Panthers. So I, I was a recipient of the free lunch program that was started in Oakland by the Black Panthers. Now think about that. So you get all this stuff about these were bad people and all that kind of stuff like that. But they knew, look, you got to give kids food and nutrients and there are, they, then the learning environment is better. And then somebody would say, well, their parents should provide that. You know what? So what? A little food's not going to hurt. Like you said, we have enough money in this nation that every you know, how K through 12 or K through K through like six, because, you know, those seven through 12, they're not going to eat free lunch because they hate it. They want they want hot Cheetos and hot dogs, you know, yep. but the little kids, it's not a big deal. Give them some food. How much do they eat? They eat some carrots, some applesauce, and they run about their business. <laughs> they don't even want to sit that long to eat. Just give them enough fuel to like get through class. Right. And let me tell you some of the rules, because when, when my daughter was in, in public school, okay. The, the, there was a budget that each meal at that time, um, it, they were allocated. It worked out to about $1.25 per student for lunch. So you got to figure out what can you, what can you have for $1.25. So the schools make deals with local farms and stuff like that. And you may remember, this goes all the way back to, to Ronald Reagan. We were pushing school, school lunches then to make them more nutritious and have vegetables instead of just pizza and french fries. And Ronald Reagan's stupid ass said, well, they get ketchup, that's a vegetable. <laughs> he called ketchup a vegetable. Oh, my God. 
right? And then and then think about all the how long this fight has gone on. That was Reagan in the 80s, right? And then when Michelle Obama was first lady, she sponsored, you know, get you know, get moving so kids can move. And she's and she was pushing healthy lunches. And Republicans and conservatives, conservatives, they they scorched her over that for wanting healthy food for kids. That became controversial. Wow. It it, it like it, it is it's something that should just be neutral. Like you have your political views and your religious views and your sports views and all that kind of stuff. But some things in any society should be neutral. Take care of children, take care of seniors. Doesn't seem that difficult. I mean, if we can spend a trillion dollars on the military, I think a couple hundred million to feed people and take care of them doesn't seem like a far stretch. It 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 it, it really doesn't. And then you, you, when you see these these giant displays of of wealth, like you know that um, that New York Gala ball, all those wealthy people, you know, doing all their stuff, or you know, sport contracts or or movie contracts or. You know, you just see that kind of stuff. Look, I, I, overheard, I overheard a lady in a um, coffee shop. She was probably 40-something. And she said, she was talking to her friend, and she was like, it's really unfair. You know, you can't afford to buy a house anymore. Like, I, I, I'm working. Uh, my husband's working. And we can't afford to buy a house. And, you know, we're going to have to settle for a house that's, you know, $700,000. Oh, my God. Look, I, look, I almost drank a hot cup of coffee and choked on it. Like, I was like, <laughs> what? I thought, I thought they were going to say, you know, a little studio apartment or a studio condo. I don't know. But it was $700,000. I just thought, you know what? I was like, you, my bucket is over here. Let me just mind my shit and get out of here. <laughs> Oh my God. It's, it's crazy. It's to think that that is you're settling or you have to sacrifice for a house like that. Right. $700,000. That's oh my goodness. Insane. So good, good stuff there. Like really good stuff. Um, what do you, what have you been up to? What have you been watching? So I took your advice last week about saving up some things um, for the writer's strike. So I am, I, I watched, uh, I, I had watched two episodes of um, The Citadel on um, Amazon, but yes. I, now I'm holding off. I'm holding off on watching the rest. Okay. Like I do not, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait for that. So I got that. I start, I finally took one of your recommendations and I watched the first episode uh is it called jury duty oh yeah <laughs> it's so good it's they, so good they, they are all so good at what yes. they're doing and this guy has no idea <laughs> it is only him and it's so funny because it's in los angeles and so you are you're already conditioned to know there's a lot of crazy people floating around Los Angeles. I don't. I don't mean <laughs> clinically diagnosed as crazy. I just mean Southern California Hollywood people are just nuts out. And so, it's his reactions are perfect because you know, like like you wouldn't even think that you were being filmed because wait, this could be happening. It's just absurd. It's perfect. <laughs> James Marsden is 
perfect. Oh my God. He's so, and <laughs> just, I mean, I'm, st- I'm watching it slowly too. Cause I, of course it's going to probably only be one season I'm assuming, but the concept is pretty good. And he is just, and he gets a script and he wants to read it to everybody. He wants to, uh, he, he, he's in character. He's like, this is a character from the script. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm Caleb. Like I, I'm telling you, it is so good. good. Okay, good. Yeah. And you know, you know, you know, something about that, that um, after watching streaming movies and series and stuff, uh, you know, freebie is free with commercials. I sort of don't mind those commercial breaks. No, get up and walk around, stretch. Yeah, you check your phone, you know, yep. you walk around, you do a little stuff. It's sort of, it's sort of like old school. That yeah, it is. It's almost yeah, before you had TiVo or anything. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other thing, and I think your um your nephews would like this show. Okay. It's uh it, it's streaming on um on Netflix. Uh, and, and it's it just started its second season, and it's called Sweet Tooth. Oh, I was. It is very about good. That. It's sort of like in a, It's sort of like in the future, like humanity is wiped out or something. But when they were trying to save humanity, they sort of merged our DNA with animals. Oh, like in, in this weird kind of way. But then they figured out like how to survive without it. But there's still people. There are remnants of people who are still like half human, half animal, and it's and. And so the sweet tooth is this boy who is like half deer or something like that. And it's, it's just really, it's really, it's really sweet. It's like, a, it's sci-fi fantasy, but it's really sweet. And it's really, I think, I think your nephews are at just the right age to watch it. But okay. it's very, it's very, it's, it's very entertaining. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he's just on a journey to find his parents or something like that. It's, it's just really good. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's all the shows you're watching. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. The other one is I'm watching this um, an anime cartoon. Uh, it's also on Netflix. It's called Castlevania. Okay. So I think it's based on a video game, and it's essentially a, a Dracula vampire story, but oh. it is it it, ex, it expands beyond that. But it is really good. Now this one. I would not say it's good for young teens, but maybe older teens, because it is motherfucking violent. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's it's like video game violent. And it's like because it's because it's long ago with Dracula, you know, it's it's swords, pitchforks. It's just it's bonkers. But it's and the seasons are only like three episodes. So it's four okay. seasons, but don't know like three episodes, four episodes like that. They're very short, but it's really good. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Wow. All right. So yeah, I know you've been busy. It. You've been busy writing. I, you know, Priyanka was on Howard Stern. So she's getting interviewed. I'm on an episode where she's getting interviewed right now and about her life. And, you know, her dad had to put bars on her windows because they learned at a young age that she was really attractive and beautiful. And, you know, men were trying to get into, you know, like stay on their lawn and stuff like that. Then she goes, comes to the United States, goes back to India. And, um, she, I, I didn't realize that about that. She won Miss India and then ended up winning Miss world, like in 2000 something. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. And so she's talking about Citadel, you know, cause she's married to one of the Jonas brothers, maybe Nick, I think it is, but, um, mm-hmm. she's gorgeous. She, she's, I mean, she's really stunning. And she's talking about Citadel where she did all the stunts herself. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that to finish. You'd like those episodes to finish before I start that because, you know, I, I get a little succession is on its last season. And I'm telling you, I, the writers, the, the the actors, actresses, it is I'm these shows right now that are in their final seasons, Ted Lasso, Marvelous Mrs. Mm-hmm. Maisel and Ooh. Succession that I know are coming Ooh. to an end. They are doing it right. They are people like, love Succession. I, it, I always see it trending every time there's an episode. Uh, it's, and this last week's episode was unbelievable. It was it it took um it it showed the power of media. And they were like calling states for this presidential candidate because they wanted the president to win, this guy to win that they were backing. And they literally were using their news platform because they own it. They own this news network to like call oh. states before the before the, the voting was even done. Oh, so 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 is this supposed to be like the Rupert Murdoch family, like Fox News? Yeah, pretty close to that. Yes, pretty close uh, to that. It's 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 so good. Um, so this last week episode was really good. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's great. Ted Lasso. I just put into so there's two um, shows that Apple TV are launching. One is called High Desert with uh, Rosanna Arquette uh, or Patricia Arquette. And she and Matt Dillon are in it. I I think she becomes like a private eye or something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of mayhem happens. So I've got that. Where's where's that streaming? That's on Apple TV, along with um, Platonic with Seth Rogen and um, her name. She's always in all those funny movies. Like her last name is Byrne, I think, or she's oh god damn i forget what her name is but they are two best friends or two friends that reconnect and they have a platonic friendship and anything is Uh, uh, seth rogan uh, you know what i forgot on apple plus i am watching um silo oh i keep hearing that's good i think i'm gonna Uh, wait for that one yeah i think it's only three episodes in it's really good because i like that i like that actor uh rebecca ferguson like i she she was in um the greatest show, greatest show, but she was in uh, uh, one of the, the last couple of Mission Impossible movies with Tom Cruise. Oh, I'll have to look her yeah, up. Like, okay. Yeah, she's really good. But anyway, I'm watching that on Apple. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's, um, it, her name from Platonic is uh, Rose Byrne and then Seth Rogen. So they're like a friendship. Oh, I like that, Rose Byrne. Yeah. So they become like, their friendship becomes consuming like you would with your like 13 year old friends. So uh, uh, that looks really fun. So I, I, I put that on my, you know, next up on Apple TV. So um, what the last thing he said to me with Jennifer Garner, it is really picking up momentum. It is really good. You're finding out a lot more. So I'm, I'm really invested in that. It's been okay, amazing. Wait a minute. It, so it, wait, it, that, the Jennifer Garner one is the first season, right? Yes. I okay, think this I, is I, only going to be. I was going to say, I have that, I have that set. Um, that, that's in my list to watch. Okay. Once I finish Silo, I'm going to watch that. I like Jennifer Garner too. Yeah, I like her. And she was in one of my favorite shows called um, The Alias on like yes. ABC back in the day. I wanted to be a spy so bad. I just loved watching those episodes. That's where Bradley Cooper got to start too. So, um, so I have that. And then that is, I think, only going to be one season. Then you've got a couple other stuff like coming on Netflix. You've got Selling Sunsets coming back. Um, that's coming back in June. I'm telling you, The Real Housewives of 
of Atlanta is fucking amazing because there's so much drama, but uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, so much drama, and the season finale of Vanderpump Rules with like uh, the whole I affair think coming out right now. It's the 17th, so it's on Bravo, so I'm going to wait till tomorrow morning because then I don't have to watch commercials on Peacock. Um, so yes. that's on. I mean, if I wait, went wait, down... Wait, before, before you go past this Vanderpump Rules, because uh, I was getting the update from LAN to, um, this evening, this is this finale where all the shit comes out, right? This is the finale that... Okay, so last week's episode, when they went for Lisa's birthday, that was supposed to be the season finale. So that was already done and ready to go. And then in March, the affair came out. So that's when they all, it was like all hands on deck. They started filming another episode to put as the season finale. I mean, that means they got some dirt. Well, here's the thing on this. So for all you Vanderpump rule folks. So here's the thing, how it was found out that affair was found out is that Tom, Schwartz, Tom, uh, whatever, Sandoval, he is in this stupid band. I mean, I think five people show up whenever he plays. God, He's in this band. Uh, and Ariana was at the at the one of the events, one of the performances, and he yeah. dropped his phone or something, and she picked it up. And so when she had his phone, apparently that on that phone she noticed a really weird message coming from Raquel. Oh, Lord. And then went into his phone and found like a sexual, uh, explicit sexual video. Oh, wait a minute. So she got his phone and his side piece, her friend. Yep. They got some some phone stuff going on. Yep. Oh, oh my God. Oh. So, I mean. but, But was she suspicious? She was suspicious leading up to that. I don't think people were saying so people were talking a little bit that they're too close. It's kind of weird. And Ariana is confident. She didn't, you know, she didn't have any issues of trust issues because, you know, she didn't need to apparently, but people would say, don't you think it's weird that they're hanging out at night someplace? So there were bits and pieces of that, but I don't think Ariana would even think that this girl on last week's episode was having a conversation with her. Raquel asked Ariana, like, or told oh. Ariana, like, your sex sex life is super important. Like, are you guys having oh. enough sex? Like, legitimately having, oh. how dare you be having an affair with my boyfriend that I've been with for 13 years or oh what, my however, God. for 10 years, and then ask me about our sex life and say that oh. sex is important. That is, I, I mean... I mean, ch- cheating with your friend's um, husband, or are they married? The other guy? No, married? but legally, stay, you know, seven years together, yeah. Okay, so cheating with your friend's guy is like, and while you're you're still pretending to be friends with, oh my God, that is It's incredible. That's all. Now, now he, look, that guy is a pig, right? I mean, first of all, I don't know how old he is, but he's too old to be in a goddamn band. <laughs> like, stop it. Stop it. Some big band. <laughs> just let, let, look, I just sort of see these Hollywood actors, they got nothing to do with their time. They get in some band, like, okay, you just, you know, doing your thing. You got a sports car, you get a 21 year old model, you get a band. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but you're just some regular Joe Schmo on a restaurant. You're 57 years old. 
you know, you got hair plugs. You don't need to be in a band, Grandpa. <laughs> no, Nobody he's likes 40. Your shit. You How old is he? He's 40. That guy looks terrible. Okay. I mean, 40 years old and just like, and, and Raquel is 28. Not that there's a, anything wrong with age difference. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean. Oh, why would they cheat? And you know what? Okay. They know they're on the show with cameras. <laughs> I know. And you know what? Nobody on the set, nobody, none of those producers knew because I got a little back end story. Like nobody suspected any of that. I, that is, that is, I, that, oh my God. That is, that's insane to me. So I don't know. I, I, I think um, that's one be of the best, that's one of the best worst reality plot lines like ever. Because yes. yes. that, it unfolded in real time on, Oh my God, on the show. It, it, it made you uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I will say, of course, I watch all my other shows like The Good Doctor, Grey's Anatomy, Station 19, Lone Star 911, 911, um, Chicago Med. I watch a lot of TV. Uh, and I was thinking about how if anybody is at a place where maybe they're not, they don't know what else to watch be, outside of what we've said. I still, to this day, think of that Netflix show, Inside Man, with um, Stanley Tucci. Remember oh, what? that was so good. So good. If anybody's looking for a really good one, I don't know if they're going to do a season two. I've never even researched it. If they are, mm-hmm. I would love if they did. But holy shit, he was, he was an American death row prisoner solving mysteries because he was a professor of criminology. And let me tell you, if, if you have not seen Inside Man, get on that shit. It is so no, you're good. Right. It's so, you know what, maybe, maybe next week we should do that. Like we should do um, our top 10 retro shows or yes. series to watch um, uh, with, this, with the strike starting. Here's some things that are out there. They're completed. You can watch these and enjoy these. Yes, I love it. Okay, we'll do that. All right. Hey, sir. So it was great talking to you, to our audience. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, rate us uh, wherever you rate your stuff. Rate us on Apple and all those other places. Share us. And if you have questions or stuff, um, hit us up on social media. You, It's all in the show notes. We love it. We love hearing people post stuff on Twitter and and, and commenting on, on our topics. Again, I love if you want us to talk about something because we have an opinion on everything, unfortunately. So if you have something you want us to talk about, share it, reach out, send us a message on, on social media, and we will make sure that we um, strip the layers on whatever topics you give us. Yeah, I love it. Have a uh, great evening and, and weekend. Talk to you later. Yep. Yeah, bye. Bye. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.